This project is an honest and in-depth perspective of and from former students of Milton Hershey School. We call ourselves MILTS. An organic, open discussion of life before, during, and after attending MHS. I remember the first day I went to school, I had a black eye and a fat lip. There's so many people with so many different stories, you know, and I feel like one of the things I'd really like to talk about is how did you feel when it was all over, said and done with, and they put you out? Milt's podcast. I went to the alumni office and said, you know, what do you have left over from some something? And so they had these pennants and I got to, had to buy, go on Amazon and buy some things. But you notice I just made sure they were brown and gold tablecloths. And you did a heck of a job. I got—I know a lot of people were really appreciative of what you did and how organized it was. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you really set that bar kind of high for the yeah. rest of us. So <laughs> it looked like it was a lot of fun. No, it, it, it was—it was fun. A little stressful because Milt's don't want to pay. Mm-hmm. So I got the big checks before I got the little checks. That's smart. That's smart. Work your way backwards. Right. And and and, and worst case scenario, I had some money set aside to make sure some things were covered. Your backup plan. Right. So you organized. You know what you're doing. But it was good. I mean, it was all welcome. Okay, okay. Well, listen, everybody, we're sitting here with Philippa Ashby, class of 1989. This is the Milk Podcast, where we're talking to former Milton Hershey students and family members and staff, folks that were involved with the school. Um, again, a ton has been done about Mr. Hershey. A ton has been done about the school, but not a lot has been done about us and our story once we leave the school. So we're we're here and we're getting familiar with some of the some of the former milts um, today. As I said, we're here with Philippa Ashby, class of '89. Uh, she's originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I believe she still lives in Philadelphia right now. The burbs, burbs, <laughs> as we like to say in Philadelphia. Um, and she, well, let, let's talk about the student homes you were in when you okay. were Milton. All right, when did you come to Milton Hershey School? Do you remember so, your date? Uh, yeah, of course. Okay. That's your born sort of like your born date, like beer. Right, um, right. March twelfth, nineteen seventy nine. There you go. And what student home were you in? I guess so. My brother and I, again, was co-ed. We were little kids. Um, came in Emerson. Okay. Okay. And who else was in that student home? Do you remember any of your people? Uh, oh, Tamika. Uh, um, no, not Tamika. Um. Tamika Lisa, let's see, was there. I can't remember her last name at the moment. She's you on can see Facebook. see the faces, though, can't you? Scott Copeland. Oh, Scotty Copeland was there? Steve Cesarine. Wow. Um, Charmaine. They were my main main folks. I think it was like we had like three girls and, and seven boys. Um, the problem is around me was Dewey and, and, and Grant and some of my best buds, Missy, Missy Mac, mm-hmm. Ty, Sean Schofield, wow. all, all those folks. We were in adjoining. We had the same playground. That was sort of the... That was the the, the, the sort the, of the, the dividing. Are, are you yeah the meeting ground <laughs> right? You play kickball with the Petermans. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so then you went up to intermediate division, yes. which was fifth through eighth grade, and you were in Elmwood. El- I was in Elmwood. Okay, and who were you in Elmwood with? Do with the Wasselkos first, oh, okay. and then they um, they moved them or they retired or something, and then Maladnos. We were the first student home. We were the first their first girls. Well, their first new they were new house parents. Maladnos. It's crazy how vivid it is. They just right? retired. Oh, they did. Yeah. So they were there that whole time. They were there the whole time. Great did, energy. Did you get to see them when you went up to homecoming this year? I had them work in homecoming. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Philippa does not play games, though. We had a you good time, me? and they had a good time. We you were... see Philippa, you better be ready to work, and that's what it is. Yeah. Okay, and so then up in senior division, which is 9th through 12th, you were in Mazeland. Yes. And who was in that student home? So that? we had the Armishes, and we had the Show Barn, so I'm just, my, my street cred, the dividing line, we had cows. 
Um, my stories aren't as impressive with cows of, at the other barns. We'll, but we'll stop, I'm going to stop. So explain it to the people. A lot of people out there don't know that we milk cows and that we have barns and and. You had a show barn? I didn't yeah, we had know a show barn. So there's, so there's some true thresholds from Milton Hershey School. One, when when black folks could come. That's the first one. So boys and black folks in mm-hmm. the 70s and the early 70s or six, no, 60s. And then girls came. Mm-hmm. That was the next threshold. Barn or no barn. Mm-hmm. That's that. Um, and then I, I use the next one to say full scholarship. There's a, there's a whole a psyche different of each one of those groups but yeah we had a show barn so when folks talk about getting dirty at barn and different things we had a little we had fun yeah because we had these it was all automatic and and it had sprayers and different things and we had that and and someone said about scraping a lot we're like scraped a lot there was a little um what are those little um tractors that the that the house that the the barn guy came and came through and they talked about going out to get the cows i said i carried a pencil Uh. to wake them up what? Right, they're already in the barn, and and so we had a different, you know, a different experience. With we, we we were always wearing white. Uh, and who was your par- parents? Because it was usually two student homes to a barn. Limestone. Right? Limestone. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and then so you're going to talk to Milton Hershey School and and at the school with Warner and Agoe here in a little bit. But mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about after you left the milk. Sure. You went to Brown for undergrad. I did. Okay. And what did you study there? So I started off physics. Um, but then I realized that Brown was a place, was just a straight, strong liberal arts organization. Mm. And my mind just was around, you know, right. life is bigger than Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yes. <laughs> and so I started taking, I studied art earlier. My mom actually was an artist growing up, but I studied art history, political science. I actually finished up, um, in sort of studying, um, like privatization of public television, really an intersection of a couple of things. But I actually, I forgot, I actually studied in Belgium. I moved to Belgium oh. for a while in between. I thought I needed to go find myself. My mom said, you need to find yourself at a mm-hmm. school. <laughs> 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 and so I lived in I lived in Antwerp, Belgium. I moved over there, um, had an apartment. and um, How was that experience? Oh, it was great. But I realized how much I didn't know. I realized, number one, I didn't know how to cook for myself. Mm. Like that's interesting for a milk. I, could, I feel like I, we had to cook for. I could make some scrambled eggs. Right, I could make some bullseyes. <laughs> I could make some bullseyes. Right, right. Um, and um, but I really didn't realize how um, just not not worldly, but just how much I didn't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I was so thrilled again being in Antwerp. The art school was there. Um, it was international place. Um, I stood out as an American. Mm-hmm. I had some Canadians. They they really stood out as Americans, mm. wearing too much Nike gear. But I made the best friends. But the way I was able to study was was from a European perspective. Mm. When I studied like um, the EC European Community, I would go to Brussels. I I traveled to um, Nigeria. I traveled to Ghana. I was studying putting um, intercontinental roadways mm. and what that meant from an international relations standpoint and economic theory. Right. I studied really the sort of things like the history of ch- what ch- children mean. Um, and looking at that relative to our perspectives on um, just life, crime, mm. and all sorts of things. I mean, it, application. It just, application. Mm-hmm. It just really opened up my mind. And so when I came back to the United States, again, I had another perspective to look at things, not just so insular mm-hmm. or myopic mm-hmm. but look at it of how um what we do is just affects 
so many others and so many things. And not just immediately, but down the road, right? That's exactly, exactly. That what you do today and those, those specific things aren't just about, um, this moment in time. Um, I mean, I was, I was been so fortunate to have these experiences. And so did that lead you to Wharton? How did you, at that point, you know, was that a a conscious decision to go back to school and study law? Um, so I knew, so I knew I was going to do grad school. I mean, that was, that was obvious. And so I had been carrying around, but the question was what? I mm-hmm. didn't know if I wanted to get a PhD mm-hmm. um, in what, because you really need to be passionate in whatever you're going to do for a PhD mm-hmm. um, to really be successful in my mind. Um, you know, I have lawyers in the family, I have, you know, doctors, Indian chiefs, all those sort of things. And so I wasn't devoid of, um, of sort of inspirational role models. For me, it was a matter of thinking, what's right for me mm-hmm. and trying not to just follow a path someone's setting for me. Right. You know, just because you're, if you're smart and some of these things, sometimes you get on a path that's really not your own. Right. You need to be passionate. You need exactly. And I'm, I think I'm still finding that out. I, so I actually, after undergrad was with GE mm-hmm. for quite a few years and some other top name organizations. But again, my energy, I have a certain energy. Mm-hmm. And with that, I did, um, I worked for aircraft engines and even though I didn't master in engine, I mean, I didn't um, major in engineering. I actually was dealing with aftermarket spares and building, um, building parts um, around the country and around the world to be go on CF6 engines. Interesting. So I knew blueprints and would be in factories and everything. I traveled through Asia. I would be down to Mexico, have my own goggles and hard hats because there's no OSHA standards mm-hmm. in Mexico. Um, but again, as a twenty-some-year-old person hopping on airplanes and doing this and having that sort of responsibility, I thought, okay, I'm pretty good at this. Now, after that, I actually worked for myself for a bit. And the reason being, before I went back to school, mm. is to see, am I a good business person or am I a good worker? Right. You're still and looking for inspiration. Ex- still looking for inspiration. And being a good worker, that you can go to a company, doesn't mean you're right to me for an MBA and, and sort of the leadership and the responsibilities that come with that or even entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so putting myself out there, working with small companies, doing some consulting, having my own um, business, mm-hmm. said, okay, I think, I think biz- business school versus law school is right for me. Mm-hmm. And so I applied to, um, again, looking at schools that sort of fit my ilk, I was looking for something that was not necessarily a case school, mm-hmm. which is like Harvard and, and Darden, but more so that the, the style of education is more along the lines of, of Wharton. I thought it was a good fit for me. Did it play in that, that it was at home too? Well, that doesn't hurt. I already own a house and everything else. Right, so right. That, I mean, you come home anyway, but I didn't know right. if that had anything to do with your decision. No, I mean, I was looking at there in Northwestern. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, Northeast, Northwestern, I should say, that felt like a good fit. Um, I wasn't afraid to rent my house out and do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, being in a place where you can build an infrastructure, networking, everything else doesn't doesn't hurt. Right, right. And, and so you're born and raised West Philly, right? No, actually. No, for some reason, I thought that you and Sterl at some point lived behind Overbrook so, High School. So here's the thing. My mother, so my family is all mainly from Titton Falls, New Jersey. Hmm. So our land, and this is sort of a bit of a backstory, and, and some folks definitely know this. So um, we're black folks. Yeah. And I say that meaning we're Native American, Irish, 
the whole bit, right? Yep. And so my family owned land since 17-something, Native Americans, like where Fort Monmouth was. So our, our whole family has been in New Jersey forever. Mm-hmm. Um, the Irish folks came over um, by, by early 1800s by way of New York. Mm-hmm. And um, so that family's there. Mm-hmm. Black folks come up through, from the South. But our foothold is really in um, Monmouth County, New Jersey. Central so we have, Jersey. We have acres in uh, Central. Central. Okay. We have acres and acres of land there. Um, my grandfather's company. He was the insur- He worked for an insurance company. Moved him to Philadelphia, in the in the wow. in the in the late '60s. So that's the only foothold that we had in Philadelphia. And that that's, was it. And that's the Nassau where you're referencing. Um, but when I was younger, I was before Milton Hershey. I actually was in um, New Jersey. And then we were up at Darby for a second, and that was not great schooling. Right, right. And right. so um, they were actually looking for um, some boarding schools. My my family had been. My grandfather did boarding school. My great my his siblings had all done boarding school um, back in the day. So, so it was in the family. Yes, it was a natural progression. Yeah, but um, so we have the Nassau Road again. My grandfather's house, but New Jersey is sort of where in the country, ten acres of land running through the. And so, down the shore. So the barn was easy, easy for you at that point because you know about <laughs> exactly. We, it was our farm land around there back in the day. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so now, Alchemy Inc. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing today? And what, sure. So I've had the company Alchemy itself for, gosh, it's been 19 years now. Wow. That so long. so even I always want to say to people, just because you have a day job and a corporate job, you always have to have your hustle. Right. Spoken like a true Philadelphian right. and a true milk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, the, and, the, and the reality with that is um, it lays the, the, the groundwork and, the, and, the, and also allows you to practice a framework. Mm-hmm. So you're ready to go and ready to do when, you, when you're ready. Um, and I've been doing real estate in a bit. And, and, and Wharton, I focused on um, real estate finance. So mm-hmm. I, can count, I can count a little bit. Okay. And um, <laughs> so... Even before I was at IBC last, even even before leaving there, we had been looking at um, flipping properties, mm. essentially investing, getting a foothold, maybe looking at some twenty-unit apartments. I've owned some single, some single residences. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of doors, mm-hmm. as the lingo is, but really not gotten into full-scale um, multi-unit. Rede- multi-unit and redevelopment. Right, and really just pulled Alchemy through. Um, scaling it up mm. to do more of the fuller scale um, development. I, obviously, Philadelphia is a super hot market, and you're it very is, familiar with it. It is, so. but guess what? I don't have any properties in Philadelphia. It's really interesting. South Jersey down the shore. Um, How about the Detroits and the Clevelands and the Baltimore? So, so here's here's the thing I've, I've learned a little about myself, and I was just did a stint. We just drove through Baltimore looking at some properties and have some things and have some stuff in, in D.C. Is that I am not quite as salt of the earth as probably necessary in some of these habitats. Meaning, you know, I, I, I go up through a couple of these, these areas, being in Baltimore, let's, let's use that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, North Philly is better than this. Like, this is like Camden. Yeah. And I stand out a little bit, both those who, uh, who see me. Yeah. And so I realize, though, that I don't have to be in that sphere I have access to capital. Um, you know, doing a 20, buying something for 20 and putting some rentals in there, some section, it's all good, mm-hmm. right? But it's work. It's a yeah. different type of work. Yeah, absolutely. Versus 
um, wanting to get a 20 unit. It's a whole different monster. It's a whole different monster. So f- the best model for me, I'm not saying I'm against any of that. I have some properties, you know, um, I'm happy to say bought for 50, mm-hmm. sold for 230, mm-hmm. put 50 in. Mm-hmm. Holding costs weren't that bad. R- exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when, you, when you're doing that and you capitalize some of this stuff, um, I have a property looking at right now, right there in DuPont Circle. Mm hmm. Logan Circle, mm-hmm. not Logan Square. Logan Square is Philadelphia. Logan mm-hmm. Circle is D.C. Um, trying to get the property for a mill, you know, trying to turn it into a couple condos mm-hmm. and then sell it for three, you know, th- th- that kind of thing, which is sort of a different. It keeps my brain a little more active since I'm not necessarily picking up a hammer. Right. But don't get me wrong. The mill. Well, that's what and, I was gonna and the mill and PBS. I can tell folks what to do. I don't necessarily <laughs> want to do it, but I can see when your stuff is sloppy. Right. And so we're there's that. We need you to step it up or right. we're going to have to replace you. <laughs> Look, the, and I was going to ask you how the milk affected you as far as, so, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds like you found something that you're passionate about. You're, you're not I'm, stuck somewhere and you're, and you're out so and about, and at least from listening to those, you. Those are the two things that I enjoy, and I enjoy sort of the operational aspects mm-hmm. of these. I'm not quite sure if I re- reached that passion yet right i mean being able to eat that's always fun always fun traveling is fun <laughs> traveling is right fun, right um having that lifestyle allowed me to be able to help plan a homecoming right and do certain things that's easy work for you at that point exactly i'll, I'll put it like this anything that gets the juices juices flowing and it becomes a bit of a challenge it's very stressful right but the milk so the milk taught us attention to detail mm-hmm. When you go up there and even your guys, we're girls, our bathrooms were not bathrooms. They were lounges. Right. <laughs> right. They had a front area that had a sofa for you to relax a moment. Mm. And this is in sixth grade. Right, right. Right? And so your expectation of what should be is, is always there. They do right. it. And, and, and all those cliche and those adages. Mm. Do it right the first time. <laughs> Therein lies the truth. Right. Early is on time. On time is late. Um, you know, and a whole and a whole lot of other things. Um, you know, do it as if it's for, you know, your best client. I mean, all all these sort of all these sort of pieces. Our all of our properties so far have gotten above asking. Mm. Because we've partnered with people who can honor and can do also it right do it right yep. and, 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 and take that to heart. And so it, it, it makes a difference. So nobody's wasting their time. No. And but I've done a couple of things where I get to be a little designy. That's that, always that's fun. That's got to be fun. Yeah. And you'll fun. have projects like that down the road, too, I'm sure. Exactly. And you probably, get, knowing you, you're probably going to get bored at some point and then move on to the next project. Yes. You are 100% right. <laughs> well, listen, everybody, we're sitting here with Philip Ashby from the class of 1989. And um, we're going to be, uh, this is episode two. Our, our second episode and, and we're getting to know Philippa and I've known Philippa since I was about 12 years old and I'm finding out new stuff right now. So mm-hmm. I'm, I hope you're enjoying yourself. We're going to take a little break and be right back. Mm-hmm. All right, Phil. <clears throat> so this is uh, the Milk Podcast. We're here with Philippa Ashby, class of 1989. Um, we were just talking about what she did or is what she's doing now and life after the Milk but we're going to talk now about life at the mill. So you've remembered your first day that you got there. I um, do. So 
walk us through that day. I remember my grandmother, my mother, my brother and I were in a car. I remember, um, I think it was maybe the first time, I don't know, what couldn't have been the first time I was on a Skook Hill, mm-hmm. but we got it really early in the morning. And we're going up this road, which now is this, you know, the Skook Hill, and we get there. Mm-hmm. And we know we're staying. We do know that, so thank God we were one of those. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> surprise. Surprise, right. Um, but it was, I, m- I remember we did some tests or something. Um, and I remember we, we met with a psychologist or psych- psychologist or psychiatrist. And I remember we went to the clothing room. And then the last thing I remember is being at the... In the parking lot of Emerson, I see it as vivid as, as it was mm-hmm. <clears throat> many years ago. <laughs> um, well, that would have been 40 years ago. Wow. 1979. And um, I remember saying goodbye to my mother and my grandmother mm-hmm. in the parking lot of Emerson. Hmm. That's, that's, that's what I remember the most about that day. Did they tell you anything about the school before you got there besides that you were staying? <laughs> so, so again, I had the good fortune that my grandparents had done boarding school. Mm-hmm. Um, but not the, that boarding Not school. that boarding school. Mm-hmm. You know, the facts of light was on. So there was this, like, right. this image. Um, but no, no, I mean, not, not, other than that, no. Okay. And I, I didn't cry or anything. No. Um, I think because I had spent time away from my mother in, in general, back and forth between New Jersey. She was in school. So, um, it wasn't like it wasn't as though if I didn't see her the next day, mm-hmm. my world had ended. Okay, so you get to the school, you see that you're in a student home. Yes, with a bunch of other people, mm-hmm. other than your family. What was your thoughts with that? Was were you okay with that? Was it a smooth transition or? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really. I don't think I actually had any thoughts. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, this is that nature nurture thing. Mm-hmm. I think from a nature standpoint, maybe cause I'm that way now. I'm like, mm-hmm. whatever, right. Whatever environment I'm in, I'm, I'm right. going to work I'm, it out. I'm going to learn it, it and then throw there, it. And there were only, remember this is 1979. Mm-hmm. And so there were only like two other girls there. I mean, um, at the, in the student home at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, so I remember Tamika, Tamika, no, sorry. It wasn't Tamika. Yvette Carter. Oh no, that's a different student home. Sorry. Okay. It was Tamika mm-hmm. and, um, Charmaine. Shemaine. Yep, Caesarine. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of flowed. So, but here's what really happened, though. Huh. This is sort of upset the apple cart a little bit. So, you're supposed to be there a while. Three Mile Island happened. Right. And we were sent home. Hmm. It was only like maybe two weeks later or so. And so, now going back after that, I think I was upset. And I think. What I found that for the next 10 years, Mm -hmm. I would be sad like those and cry probably the first sort of hours back or getting on the bus and coming back Mm -hmm. for like the first couple hours back at the school. And then it'd be fine again. It was like a cleansing, almost like, you know, I don't know, um, some Hollywood something, you know, you just sort of have a cry. And then it's funny that you say that, though, because I think a lot of people did that, like, um, you, you would cry, but you know, you weren't really changing much. So no, and I wasn't you, you sad. got to kind of get back in line. I was missing. I wasn't sad to go back. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, 
when I was seven or whatever, even older. It wasn't. I wasn't because I was friends. I mean, really, mm-hmm. life wasn't. Life was not that hard. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was. I was sad for you know. You miss your family. Right. Right. And then you keep on rolling. Keep it moving. Because then you then you then your friends are all there. And you're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and they're feeling a little sad too, but they're glad to see you as well. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, what student home were you in in intermediate division? I was in Elmwood, and my brother was next door in Dogwood. And your brother? My brother. I know he said Sterling. Sterling, yep. Mm-hmm. And what class was he in? He was class of 87. Okay. So, he was next door to you? Yes. Um, so, you did... try to do that with siblings. Oh, wow. I never noticed that. Yeah. They my tried uncle... as much as... Right. I was in Wiser, and my sister came in, and she was in Dickinson, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. I never knew that. Makes sense. Okay, so... So, I saw him in... every day walking to school. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you were in Elmwood. How was that? Who Do you remember who your house parents were? Sure. I had Mr. and Mrs. Wiselko mm-hmm. initially, and then I had um, Mr. and Mrs. Mladenoff. Mladenoff. And Julie Mladenoff. Mr. and Mrs. Wiselko. Mrs. Wiselko was the epitome of refined lady, and she ensured mm. her girls were always on the utmost. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness gracious! Hmm. You were ladylike in every way. There was n- no other way. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mr. Wasalko. Mr. Mr. Wasalko just kept the kept the kept the fort. He was like, "Can we go to a soccer game or something?" <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Enough of this lady stuff. Right. Right. Hmm. Okay. Now, did you go to any other student home in intermediate division? I, I did not. So you stayed in Elmwood, mm-hmm. and then you moved up to senior division. Yes. And your Show barn student home. Yes, Maysland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this: when, when you think of the milk, if if you had a couple of adjectives you had to use, just a couple, mm-hmm. what would they be? Idyllic. Hmm. Um, aspirational. And um. challenging I always go back to once we graduated the mm-hmm. next day and so it's like you no longer have all of your those resources that we didn't sure. realize that we had so again even though you did have a plan which I feel like 70% of us did not mm-hmm. but I think you did have a plan mm-hmm. like kind of how did you find yourself and and how did you feel mostly yeah. like now that those resources that you that you had for quite a long time right were kind of no longer there for you i can honestly say i was a bit naive um in that i didn't even know boy george was gay <laughs> you know i thought he just liked to dress up i just thought he hey, i just <laughs> i'll tumble for you right i'm, with it. I'm you just know. i'm just stating so, my perspective was yeah. like um I don't think I realized what resources weren't really available until a little bit later. The, the, the sort of the day two of waking up, I had a house. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. I had sure. family. Um, I was well supported by my extended family. Okay. I had the good fortune to go summer in Switzerland uh, my junior year of high school, you know, between there. Um, right. and, and, you know, I, I had some experiences and some exposure that probably played into my ability to always think, if you think it, it'll happen. Sure. You know, somehow, some way. That said, 
where I really felt the challenge when I really started thinking about how to do things. So there's, a, there's some, I think I missed out on some opportunities because I really didn't have the skills or wherewithal to build it myself. Okay. I'll use an example. I thought maybe I wanted to move to Europe permanently. Or, or just, just use that as an example. Sure. But I really didn't have the steps in between that goal or that aspiration and maybe what it meant to um, be on a real budget. Okay. Or, or, or some of these other um, catches that go there. Because even, even, even when I did live in Europe, when I was a student, I actually had relatives in Waterloo in, in Germany. Wow. So I, I still wasn't alone. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I really I, do. I, I never had that feeling that, um, that it was only me to be able to, to have to do something. And I think sometimes that feeling that it's up to you to make something happen and only you is a good thing. Sure. Um, because it just makes you dig deeper to, to challenge yourself. Now, that said, fast forward, I think my success, whether it be in corporate America, some of the other things, is that I don't act like I'm alone. When I organize a homecoming or something else, I know that our benefit and that it's only as good as a team that you put together. And that you'll never, you aren't the, don't act like you're the best at something because there's people who are better. And so my attitude um, is probably remains open versus I have to do this all myself. Well, that's, I always felt like, you know, as far as leadership is concerned, mm-hmm. you necessarily don't have to be the best as long as you can have the resources and understand your limitations and understand who's better exactly. or who can get it done. And right. it doesn't have to be you as an individual. Sure. Just a collective uh, group no, to get ex- it done. No, exactly. So. But I think sometimes, my younger years, my ability to sort of dig deeper and sort of push myself to really be challenged, because I think there's some things I took maybe an easier road um, or not an easier road, but a, a, a less challenging road. Um, and I didn't maximize maybe what was, could be the best for me. And sure. so those so, options. So let's digress a little bit and let's mm-hmm. talk about, let's go back to, yep. I think my earliest memories of you would more likely probably wind up, especially closer memories would wind up being on the track. Mm-hmm. And we spent a lot of time on the track. Yes. In practice, mm-hmm. Mr. Galloway yelling crazy yelling things. Yelling I wasn't sweating enough. At, at all, but but that's never been your thing. Yeah, you, right. You've never been, I mean. I'm not a. Not at all, but especially the lack of emotion that would be on your face as you're mm-hmm. winning a race, like, you know, <laughs> the stoic, like, you know, so I guess I, I would like to just kind of kind of dig into that competitive spirit you sure. have and how much, like, athletics and the milk as far as, you know, allowing you to have some of those resources of track and field and mm-hmm. some of the other things that you did. I heard band. Yeah. And so like, do you feel like that played into your development and how much did you enjoy track? Cause I really did. And we had a lot of strong things together so, as far as track is concerned. So I was one of those kids. And if, if anyone's hearing this barnyard Olympics, <laughs> right? Right. And so again, everybody, you know I look a certain way, right? So you can imagine little girl, ponytails, running in like fourth grade or fifth grade. No, I was thinking probably, I think it was like second, second, third or fourth grade and someone talking to me, talking to my house parents. And I come up to fifth grade 
and in all honesty, they set a path for me. Okay. I before I even knew it. Okay. But the fact that they set a path for me, and and you have that longitudinal, you don't get that anywhere. Where Mrs. Hope, so she and I go way back. Yeah, where they sense. had her, and for me in fifth grade, sixth grade, getting my form right. Wow. Right, Ruth Holt. That's my girl. right, and you don't even know how that exactly right. because you're you, but starting starting then, um, I had the opportunity. I think was it sixth grade? I went to nationals or something. Yeah. Um, Hershey National Track and Field, but sure. And um, without somewhere that can really have the infrastructure to support those. Right. But the other flip of that is that I, I Milton Hershey School didn't make me didn't cause me to have a choice. So here I am doing track and I'm practicing my flute like hours on end. Um, then I picked up the piano. I'm, I'm practicing that, but really the flute is the main thing. But I didn't have to choose. Now I didn't sleep much. Right. Sleep became, um, but the focus was, remember, was academics too. Sure. But uh, the infrastructure there is just terrific. But I say this a lot of that was a place where they can observe folks and help create a path of success. Sure. So even if I didn't like it, it's always important for a kid to have one thing that they're great at. Right. And to feel and feel good about that. Sure. So again, there's so many things we could touch, but the next thing is I want to talk about and I heard you say so many different things about how you were involved with this. You set up this for homecoming, you were talking. Mm-hmm. And at any point, I think I know I've called you a few different times on some personal business things at yeah. any point. You were like, sure, meet me at such and such, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. And I just feel like, A, that's really cool of you to do that. <laughs> um, you know, and we weren't talking about, well, just, and that'll take a check for 200 for my consultant fee. Or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, just randomly, and I just mm-hmm. want to say personally, like, thank you for, not just for me individually, but I feel like for all the milts that, who have probably called you and said, hey, <laughs> I got this idea or what do you Mm -hmm. think about this? And if they haven't, they probably should Um, (laughs) because you spoke about different things being in, in Germany. I mean, um, in Belgium and I happened to be in Belgium at shape Belgium with the military. Oh yeah. Shape. Yeah. Right around that time frame, which I was sitting like, wow, we were there at the same time. And I I was down there, you know, I didn't know it. I had to get some egos off base. So. (laughs) So I was, um, I was living in Munich. (laughs) I lived in Munich for two years in Germany along those times. So it's funny how you you have resources that you probably didn't know you had who weren't that far away that could do things. Exactly. It's it's funny how time works and different Mm -hmm. things like that because you said Brown and then you were, because I remember when you went to Brown. I Uh remember, and then you're like, no, but I was in Belgium. I was like, what? (laughs) So um, again, thank you for being available and also just staying, staying humble. And, and, and being a resource. You know, if you would say anything about Hershey or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I talked about nature and nurture. Um, and, you know, like I pointed out, I mean, I was, again, fortunate enough, my, you know, sophomore year of high school, I'm state runner-up. Do you know what I mean? Um, but everything is hard work. And really what... If you focus on the fact that you're working hard and it's about energy and those things around you, you, you got to remain, you know, humble. I, um, 
but I think that, uh, first of all, no thanks are, are needed. If I can, I will. You know, that's, that's, that's just the cool part about it. So I feel like you know. I've always been, and I think that my mother was like, you say please and you mm-hmm. say thank you. Of course. And so it doesn't matter whether it needs to be said. Yeah. It's just one of those things that's necessary, even if it's not. Well, you know, going going back to the, the, the years at the school, whatever, school notwithstanding, you're still a kid. So you're going to have the, not terrible twos, but the tweens when you're 12. Mm. I don't know how, how those or those house those, those, I don't know how those house parents did it uh, in a house full of fourteen of, uh, 14 of and, and and guess what they've my old house parents after that went to babies because right. they were like they could only do it. Shout out to the Grims too. Thank you, right? The Phil Grimms, and Donna right? Grimm, Phil and Donna Grimm out there. Just exactly. Thank exactly. you for saving me. You know, <laughs> so. there's a certain my my cousins are actually house parents there now, and they mm. they're Buchanan. Mm. And um and so they didn't know I went there. Yeah. There's a calling for that. But part of is the realize that we're human and we all have our special characteristics and you play on that. And it's not a negative, but you you play it on the positive. And I think I was fortunate enough. I know everyone has different experiences. I had my moments where I was like I'd write my mother every every week and say I'm running away. I had money stashed. So it was only me. I but no but, money but, but but I wasn't running. I had plane ticket fare. <laughs> That's the right. difference. That's the difference. I, I was just talking about. Maybe I said I was just going to leave. I was going to walk. <laughs> she had it all. I had right. foot patrol. You know, because because again, it's all emotional, and 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 right. and it wasn't the school per se. It was being a teenager. Being a teenager is hard. You know, trying to find yourself is is hard, and. Again, they do the shoot. Here's another example. In high school, we had a dance, and I had a Jackson Pollock moment. Again, I'd studied art even at, at the Milton, everything. And I took Maria, and we decided our poster, for those of you who don't know Jackson Pollock, please look it up. But the artwork is a, it's a very um, thrown paint and a bunch of other things. Maria and I decided our banner for the homecoming dance was going to be in that style. The room, it was a classroom. We had paint on every piece of anything that I could do it, you know? I mean, we had, oh, it was great. It was so free. Oh my God, it was so, it was such freedom. Right. And they didn't come and say, what the H-E double toothpick are you doing, all of the kind of stuff. They took a deep breath. And we just said, we were inspired. It's Jackson Pollock. And they're like, good on the Jackson Pollock. Let's go get a mop. <laughs> nice. Nice. You know, that's the right energy, sure. right? They don't crush it. didn't crush our spirit, which is why we can, maybe, maybe that's why we're a little crazy today. But, uh, but, but that's the, yeah. that works, right? It, it does. And, but I feel like, you know, it depends on the luck of the draw. It at does. The milk. It does. So some people didn't get the, Go get That's a mop. True. It's great what you did. Yep. Some people got the opposite. Yeah, and it would be yes. Right. So I mean, and some people, some people were picked on. There are some folks who left, that. and it breaks my heart. It, I mean, it truly, yep, it, it truly breaks my heart um, because there's some folks there that were not ready for prime time, and they had their right. own issues and hangups. Um, I just say this to any of those folks. We communicate offline many times. Is that 
I'm going to repeat some of the words from folks' class of in the 60s and the 70s, those guys. They say it's all about the brothers and sisters. It's not, it's not, the institution is a living, breathing organization, and administration and everything is one thing. But Milt Love is all about the brothers and sisters. It, so. really, it really is. Thank you. Thank you for coming and thank you for sharing. My pleasure. All right. This is awesome. Good.